Hi. Hi. This is Birds Make Birds. And you're listening to Freeform Radio. 91.5 FM. WMFO, Medford. Medford. The old colony railway company on the Plymouth Kingston line. Loneliness, what have you done to me? I was leaving the city behind. Bound with a reckless abandon. And a pleasant good afternoon to you, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. This is indeed the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Touch Reform Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your Monday afternoon. As I'm here with you from now, just a little bit shortly after 6 o'clock p.m. until 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern, here for just an hour today as I had a bit of a busy Monday. And frankly, an eventful one, but a good one. So, to everyone wondering, like, what's going on? Like, 
like I mean, you back to back weeks, you've been you've been like an hour late. And I I know la- last week and this week I've had um, business to take care of on both days, and and truth be told, like today was no exception. By the time I was done with what I needed to take care of, it was. Just just before four o'clock this afternoon, I got back into my apartment in Brookline, and I was like, you know what? I'm not not going to do a show. I need to get my reps in. So, at around four fifteen, after initially falling asleep to catch some, you know, some buzz or some Z's, I said, you know, I'm gonna get up, throw some clothes on, just did laundry, dry clothes, fresh clothes, clean house. Thank God, thank you, God, for the blessings and everything. I said, you know what? I'm going to make a run here to the station. Got here at exactly 6 o'clock, and I just needed a couple of minutes to just get everything set up. And now, here we are. So, on Friday night, the Patriots played their third and final preseason game of 2022. On to the regular season, week one, which is Sunday, September the 11th, on the 21st anniversary of 9-11. And the thing that I took away from this game was the Patriots are in a world of trouble right now. They are. And I've tweeted some of my thoughts out about the Patriots in recent days. And people have said, well, preseason doesn't count for anything. You know, it's not about the preseason. It's regular season and so forth. But... Here's the reality. What I've seen doesn't inspire confidence. If anything else, I'm more worried about the direction where this team is going right now. For the first time in a long time, I am in a state of alarm, not panic, not panic. Reason is because we haven't seen them play a single regular season game yet, but... It would be a colossal mistake on your part as a Patriots fan to not have some sort of concern or any sort of alarm as to the direction of where this team is going at this point in time. And the reason is because I'm a firm believer that failing to plan is planning to fail. We've all heard that saying time and time again in life. Bill Belichick failed to have a plan and now his plan is failing let me tell you exactly what I mean by that you see Bill Belichick had an opportunity to hire a veteran offensive coordinator to call the place after the departure of Josh McDaniels to Vegas when McDavid was not McDavid but McDaniels when McDaniels was hired as the offensive coordinator for the head coaches of Las Vegas Raiders. Excuse me. Let me start that again. When Josh McDaniels left for the head coaching opportunity with the Las Vegas Raiders after previously being the offensive coordinator, Bill Belichick simply said, we're just going to go and bring back two guys who are failed head coaches from elsewhere, and we're just going to make it work from there. And that's exactly what he did in bringing back Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Mike Reese, longtime Patriots reporter for ESPN, came out and said 
that in the years covering the team, I have never basically seen a bunch of folks begin to openly question as to what the heck are the Patriots doing. And I thought that was telling. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. And then the other part of it was, was that at one point at the Combine in Indianapolis, many NFL executives were rather flabbergasted at the plan or lack thereof for the Patriots to addressing their offensive play calling. Are we surprised by based upon what we've seen through what five weeks of NFL training camp and three preseason games? If you're honestly surprised at this point, then you truly have been living on the underground for a very long time now. Because again, failing to plan is planning to fail. So far. I think everyone who has watched the games, everyone who has had the opportunity to at least go down to training camp, reporters and fans alike, can all agree and say that what Bill Belichick is doing or has been doing isn't working. It's not working. No, I'm not panicking. No, I'm not sitting here and screaming on top of my lungs saying, What the bleep is Bill Belichick doing? This isn't working. Instead, I'm going to double down on my very point that I've been making constantly and consistently in saying that Bill Belichick seemingly doesn't care anymore. He doesn't care. I'm willing to go that far because when you are so smart that you're actually a stupid you begin to damage the very legacy that you've begun to build. Let's be honest for a moment. Because a lot of people say like, well, just tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Well, here's a bit of that truth. Bill Belichick bringing back two coaches who he knew damn well that basically had no real experience being an offensive coordinator or calling offensive plays was a recipe for disaster. How much more do you possibly need as evidence to show you that this isn't working? At what point, if you are the New England Patriots, do you say, time to scrap this plan and move on to a different plan? Here is the harsh truth. You want to know why the system worked for as long as it did? Because Tom Brady bought into the system. We all saw it for 20 years here. He bought in. So all of the 52 other players on the roster bought in. Now... You have a second-year quarterback in Mac Jones who has visibly shown frustration on the sidelines in practice, and it's not a coincidence that you see Mac Jones 
carrying the attitude that he is carrying all the while being pulled to the side by Bill Belichick and basically kissing Matt Patricia's ass. That's not a coincidence. He spoke openly about how he honestly felt in one instance, the very next time he meets with the media, he is overly praising Matt Patricia. That wasn't by accident. That was by design. That was Belichick in the coaches set saying, uh-uh, we need you to buy into this. Friday night's game against Vegas, again, albeit preseason, was disastrous. Offensively, it was an absolute disaster. I mean, the sack that Mac Jones took, man, that's an indictment of the offensive line. The offensive line is out of sorts. The offense as a whole, especially the wide receiver group, out of sorts. And whatever idea that Bill Belichick had, it isn't working. It hasn't worked. There's a reason why it's becoming abundantly clear this was a plan to fail because Bill Belichick failed to plan. I don't care how successful you are in the NFL. I don't care how many championships you've won in the NFL. You look at some of the greatest coaches of all time that have coached in this league. And as someone who is as big of a student of the game as Bill Belichick is, it's amazing to think that as someone who was actively chasing down Don Shula's win record, that he's going to attempt to do something that clearly doesn't work in the hopes of proving I'm still the smartest guy in the room. We all have seen individuals who have tried to approve themselves and to say, whether it be verbally or even through actions, I know what I'm doing. I'm the smarter one. You need to trust and trust me and have faith in me and get in line. Reality is, ultimately, you fall flat on your face. And that's exactly where we are now in regards to the New England Patriots. If you want to call into the program, you can call into the program 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call in to the show. As we are going to take a music break here. Coming up next. There was a couple of telltale signs from the Patriots and Raiders games that has me concerned not only for this season, but even next year as well. I'm going to give you exactly what my thoughts are on this particular matter. Coming up next on the other side of the break, you're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Touch Reform Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app. Globally on WMFO.org.
this is Ed from Deerhoof. Yeah. You are listening to WMFO in Medford. Yeah. You are no home of no family. Vicky, how you doing? How's the knee? It's coming along, doctor, but still some soreness. Well, let's see. You know, this soon after surgery, some pain is pretty normal. I was hoping to get more painkillers. The first round worked great. We're being very careful with those now. Prescription painkillers are opioids, same as heroin. It's easy to start taking them, not so easy to stop. Last year in America, an average of 40 people died from opioid abuse every day. Long-term addiction has become America's newest health epidemic. So no pills? Vicki, you're doing great. So let's try these anti-inflammatories, plus your physical therapy. If the soreness doesn't continue to get better, give me a call. For opioids, the smaller the dose prescribed and taken, the better. Because even a few prescription painkillers can sometimes go a long, wrong way. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and the Orthopedic Trauma Association. Visit orthoinfo.org slash prescription safety. In your eyes, there's a heavy blue. Want to love and want to lose Sweet divine, a heavy truth What do I want? Don't make me choose I'm not 
to you. I'll be down the darkest alleys of the dark side of the moon to get to you, to get to you. I'm up for love and every stranger took too much easier. All for you, yeah, all for you. I'll be running through the jungle. I'll be crying with the wolves to get to you, to get to you, to get to you. Welcome back to the Strictly Right Show, 91.5 FM, WMFO, and Medford Touch Free Farm Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. The number to call in is 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. Is the number to call in as I'm here with you until 7 o'clock, just a one-hour show today. As um, beginning next week, as I this is just a self-reminder more than anything else, next week, uh, the time slot of this show will, in fact, be moving uh, for the remainder of the summer schedule. Uh, and as well as um, like once the fall schedule gets released sometime later next month in September, um, hopefully I will have a better um, idea if my um, time slot will be able to remain as is or will it have to move once again. So. So as I mentioned, beginning next week, the time of my show will be moving. Uh, what time exactly, I'm not entirely sure yet. I will announce it on Twitter um, later this week and whatnot. So there were some things that I saw in the Patriots and Raiders game on Friday night that I thought it was actually pretty alarming, to say the least. And maybe this is just me putting it nicely, or me maybe this is just me just saying, Hmm. Maybe I'm looking too far into it, but I want to just talk about it anyway. Because in life, I'm I'm always been a believer in the statement in which that your leader often often shows his true nature and character in moments of distress. When you're in moments of distress, your character as a leader shows. And Mac Jones was showing frustration during the game on Friday night for the fact that this Patriots experiment on offense has not worked at all. He knows it's a pile of crap. He knows that this is something that is not working. And if this is preseason, it's sure as hell not going to work in the regular season. However, on the other side of that coin, there is concern on my part as to the fact that he is pouting and showing poor body language and attitude and and so forth. When I say that he's showing attitude, I, I don't mean that he's being disrespectful to the head coach or the coaching staff. No, that's not what I mean. What I mean is, is that you go back about a couple of weeks ago and remember, and you listen to the remarks that he made to the media. That's what I'm talking about attitude. And when. You are the quarterback. You're a starting quarterback of an NFL franchise. Players are going to look to you to lead. That's just the nature of the beast when you're a starting NFL quarterback. You're the leader. 
Go look at the great, great quarterbacks of the game right now. Aaron Rodgers. Players look to him to lead. That's just a fact. Patrick Mahomes. Players look to him to lead. Tom Brady. Same thing in Tampa Bay. Players look to him to lead. And for the New England Patriots, you're looking for Mac Jones to lead. And right now, he's clearly not in a happy place. And that should concern you for this season and next season. And rightfully so. Because I legitimately wonder. He was in Vegas for a whole week, give or take. He saw what an NFL offense is supposed to look like. And Bill Belichick is basically giving him horse manure and saying, I want you to make chicken salad out of this. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. This is problematic. Not so much what Bill Belichick is doing. Not the fact that Mac Jones is frustrated. He has a right to feel how he feels. But you don't want to let your attitude infect anywhere else in that locker room. And that thing is very real. In which that your if your quarterback is frustrated and he's not happy, he's moping around, that's going to affect everything else in that locker room. How the offensive line performs or even carry itself, defense, same thing. Because the quarterback is looked at as the guy, the leader. How is my leader going to react and respond in moments of distress and frustration? You ever played sports growing up? And when you get named captain, whether it was tag or basketball or whatever the sport was, you were looked upon as the guy or girl that you were going to lead that team. Pro sports is no different. It just so happens that there are millions of dollars that are involved and as well as the fact that you're playing in front of tens and thousands of people on a given day. That's the difference. Mac Jones showing the body language and the frustration and all is concerning because if you think about last season, despite the growing pains that he had to endure, he actually had a pretty good rookie season. But now, where things are cloudy and things are awry or things aren't right, he's suddenly showing frustration and signs of, I don't like this. We're like, what, what the hell are we doing? And his body language and his demeanor, not good. Mac Jones is growing. He's young. I'm not holding any of this against him at all. I'm really not. But I want you to really listen to the core point that I'm making here. The core point that I'm making is 
if you're hoping that the locker room and the team is going to turn it around, it starts with the quarterback. It starts by showing up with a with the right mind frame and the right attitude, even though things are rather less than ideal right now, you need to be able to show everyone else, hey, you know what? This is what it is right now. Everybody, get your head in the game. Let's go. Focus. Drive. Let's execute this. Let's go. That's what you got to do. Mac Jones doesn't need a, a, a crash course on how to lead. That he doesn't need. What he does need is an attitude adjustment in which that it does not lead to the team or become one of the chief reasons why the Patriots season derails before it can even get started. Because, ladies and gentlemen, preseason is over. Now, we're heading full steam towards the regular season. Regular season starts... In 13 days, 13 days, preseason's done. It's finished. Now it's about the regular season. Now it's about what does the final 53-man roster look like. And you don't need the head of the snake to be in the wrong place. Otherwise... The rest of the snake is doomed. You don't need Mac Jones to continue to pout. You don't need Mac Jones to show his frustration to the media or even on the sidelines. You need Mac Jones to be able to grasp and help him grasp Whatever offensive concept that they're go- that they're running in Foxborough. And like I said before, we know that it's not working, but that's not the point of this particular topic. The point is, 52 other men on that team are looking towards Mac Jones. You need him in the right frame of mind and the right attitude and so forth. Otherwise... It's going to affect everything else and everybody else on that team. You want to look at recent examples of that in the NFL to support my point? Go back to, to the year that the Kansas City Chiefs went on that magical Super Bowl run. 2019. What was the reason why or what was one of the major reasons why the Chiefs were able to make such an amazing run that postseason, that 2019-2020 postseason. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes acknowledged when the team was trailing that he needed to be that guy to help turn things around. He was that guy. Now, I'm not comparing Mac Jones to Patrick Mahomes. That's not what I'm doing. But I'm using the example of Patrick Mahomes as a leader. Him taking the bull by the horn and saying, "Uh uh-uh, I got this. We got this. Let's go. Even though he was frustrated by how things were going, he didn't allow it to rattle him. 
Tom Brady, when he was in New England, he didn't allow frustration more times than not to get the best of him, even if things weren't going his way. Let's go back to Super Bowl 51. Remember when the Patriots were down 28 to 3? What was Tom Brady saying on the sideline? Focus. We got to have laser focus. Let's go. The point that I'm making is you as a quarterback, you as a leader, you are either going to inspire or blow the air out of the tire out of your team. That's a fact. I want to go back to when Payne Manning was young in his prime in Indianapolis. You want to go back to when, I mean, <laughs> like the list is long and long and all, like goes on and on, like Brett Favre. You know, you look at some of the great leaders that have played in the NFL in recent years. Eli Manning. Eli Manning as an example, played in the most demanding and the most difficult media market in the world to play in New York. Yet, his demeanor was never too high or never too low. Your attitude and your demeanor and your candor as a quarterback matters, which is why I think Mac Jones, no matter how this thing turns out, or even plays out in itself, is going to need to learn a valuable lesson in how to conduct himself in a sense of his attitude, how he displays his frustration, and how it affects his teammates. Because it does affect your teammates. When your quarterback is not fully functioning at a high optimum level or is distracted by drama or etc., it doesn't work. Prime example. Remember the Donovan McNabb, Terrell Owens saga back in 2005? That's a prime example. That's a prime example of when your quarterback is distracted by in-house turmoil or drama that derailed a season for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the point that I'm making. And that's something that I really want all of you so think about heavily. The phone lines are open. You can call in at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636 is the number to call in to the show as we are going to take another music break coming up just momentarily. Coming up next, think about why it's so important to really be brutally honest with yourself. In a season full of frustration, there is legitimate pause for concern. For one local team, I'm going to tell you exactly what it is and what I'm talking about in full detail. Coming up next in the next segment of this show. This is Shukri Wright. You are listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Touch Reform Radio streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org.
It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Start it off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I had a dream We were sipping whiskey neat Highest floor of the Bowery And I was high enough Somewhere along the lines We stopped seeing eye to eye You were staying out all night And I had enough No, I don't wanna know Where you been or where you going But I know I won't be home And you'll be on your own Who's gonna walk you through the dark side of the morning? Who's gonna rock you when the sun won't let you sleep? Who's waking up to drive you home?
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Tusk Freeform Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. As we are going to play just one more song before we return back to our regularly scheduled programming. But this is going to be good. Charlie Puth, We Don't Talk Anymore by Selena Gomez. So here we go. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore like we used to do. We don't laugh anymore. What was all of it for?
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show, 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Tusk, Free Farm Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Glad you're able to tune into the program today as I'm here with you live from the WMFO studios in Medford. And we are here for another 11, 12 minutes in this program until... Afterwards, at 7 o'clock, Horns of Plenty is coming up shortly after this one concludes. It's going to be good, so stay tuned for that. But in the meanwhile, you can call into the program at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. is the number to call into the show. As in conclusion, there was a thought that came to mind today as I was scrolling through Twitter there was a, a comment that was made by a good friend of mine, Jared Carabas. Many of you know who he is. He's the governor of Red Sox Nation. He hosted the Jared Carabas um, podcast and, and everything. And there is something that, that was said that I actually want to share with you because this is absolutely worth discussing. Because oftentimes, when things are clearly not working out, you have to believe that at some point, change is inevitable. There's a reason why I am I'm taking the time to specifically talk about this. Because from the podcast, there was something that really stood out to me in which that he talked about Hein Bloom most specifically. Because Hein Bloom this season has been under fire. There's no if ands or buts about it. He has been under fire and I do think that if you are going to have an open conversation about the direction of where the Boston Red Sox are going you have to talk about Bloom starting with him. Because if there is something to be said, I do believe that the Red Sox have to start asking the tough questions. In fact, this was just in about 17 minutes ago from Ken Rosenthal. Red Sox president Heim Bloom and Alex Cora are returning next season. And the thing that I find hilarious about this at all is people earlier in the day were basically wondering should Heim Bloom be fired? Because it's pretty fair to say at this point in juncture. Even though we are just a couple of days away, I mean, Thursday will be the first day of September, this Red Sox season up until this point has been an unmitigated disaster. Unless if the Red Sox miraculously get hot in the month of September and early week and early October, that this season has been a disaster. And who are you going to blame for that? Frankly, Heim Bloom would be the first one to blame. But the report is out there now and confirmed and reported by, um, by Ken Rosenthal that Heim Bloom and Alice Cora will be back for 2023. But 
let's have a brutally honest conversation about where the Red Sox are. Personally, I don't think that Hein Bloom should be fired yet. You give him one more year. And I think the Red Sox made the right decision with both Hein Bloom and Alice Cora. That was the correct move. This year, 2022, for the Boston Red Sox, this isn't on Alice Cora at all. It's not. If you're going to blame one person, it really is Hein Bloom. Because the roster construction has been poor. It's been poor up until this point, up until recently when they finally addressed the biggest weakness that the team had at the August 2nd trade deadline. They get themselves a center fielder in Tommy Pham and a first baseman in Eric Hosmer. Kudos to Hein Bloom for making those moves. But here's the thing. Why did you wait till August 2nd when this could have been handled and discussed and actually addressed in the offseason? That's the issue. And then, also, the biggest cloud hanging over this team right now is the status of Xander Bogarts coming the offseason. Is he staying or is he going? Yet, you do have people like David Ortiz who are clamoring for, most notably, Rafael Devers to, um, to be retained. Bogarts needs to be retained. No question. Before the Red Sox and Red Sox fans can even talk about the Red Sox should go out and get a free agent like Aaron Judge, they need to worry about keeping their premier talent first. Because how could you worry about going to get groceries from a supermarket from elsewhere when you got groceries that are fresh that you that you have and that you cultivated and you're not willing to keep. I don't understand that logic at all. I really don't. Trading Christian Vasquez was one thing. That was one thing. But another thing to allow Xander Bogarts to walk, if it gets to that point this offseason, bad luck. Bad luck for the organization. And that, And if that were to happen... This now all but cements that Devers could very well be the next one to go. And I wonder if you're Heim Bloom, why aren't you more aggressive in keeping Xander Bogarts? Why? I truly want to understand that. Like, why? You can develop talent in the farm system and still compete at the major league level. You can walk and chew gum. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. And that's something that I think that Heim Bloom has really struggled with this year and most particularly. But I do wonder this, though. What changed between last year and now? Because remember a year ago at this time, we hadn't even returned back to doing radio shows in the studio yet. But even then, I was talking about this, and I was wondering, last year you went out and get Kyle Schwarber. The deal worked out, but it wasn't exactly what the Red Sox needed at that time. But it worked out. But 
during the offseason, you basically said we don't need to address this from the outside. What we have, we will work with, and we'll go from there. This is part of the reason why I am genuinely curious. I am genuinely wondering what is the direction of the Red Sox this offseason and what direction are they going to go? Because I do think that this is an extremely important offseason coming up for the Boston Red Sox, regardless whether they make the playoffs or not. That's irrelevant to this point right now. Whether the Boston Red Sox miraculously get that third American League wildcard spot or not, this is a very important offseason for the Boston Red Sox that's going to determine their immediate future. Because we can all agree that they need major help in the rotation. You cannot rely on Chris Sale to be healthy. James Paxton is done for the season, and who knows if he'll even pitch again, whether if it's the Red Sox or even anywhere else. Because ever since he left the Yankees, he just has not been able to stay healthy wherever he has been. And then the bullpen. I think we all know and we all can agree that the bullpen absolutely needs, needs major repairs. That's why I am of those that are saying Time Bloom is fortunate to, to be still be the president of the baseball operation for the Boston Red Sox going into 2023. He really is. He really is. But this is not a pass for him to sit on his thumbs, you know, play, play with his ass and do absolutely nothing. This is an opportunity to get up, go out, and improve the ball club. That's what he's got to do. Because the reality is this. We all can admit and recognize that the Baltimore Orioles are not going anywhere. Even if they don't make the playoffs this year, or even if they do, that team is for real. Cedric Mullins, we know he's a legitimate damn good center fielder for that team. And then that prospect, and forgive me if I botched his name incorrectly, Adley uh, Rutschman, the catcher, he's a real deal. The rebuild for the Baltimore Orioles is paying off. So you would have four teams in division that you have to compete against next season because Baltimore, they're not going anywhere. Whether they make the playoffs or not, but they'll be around next year and the year after. So you got the Rays, the Yankees, the Orioles, and the Blue Jays to worry about. And all four teams, actually pretty good. So it starts now on August 29th. If you are Heimblum, you've been given this olive branch by ownership. What are you going to do with it now? I think that in itself is a legitimate question and it's a thought to, to think about for Red Sox fans. Something for all of you to think about as, as I will be Stepping aside in just a moment, as coming up next, Horns of Plenty is going to be coming up from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., tremendous show, and I look forward to being back with you later this week, who knows when, but I will let you know via Twitter, 
I will announce it. I certainly look forward to it very much. It's been a terrific show. As I continue to work on, you know, the little things, getting better as a radio host, you know, just being able to express myself clearly and as well as to really hone my craft as a radio host and a talk show host as well. This is Shukri Writes saying thank you to all of you who have tuned into the program here at 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Coming up next is Horns of Plenty. That's going to be coming up shortly after these messages. You are listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Toss Free Farm Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Have a good rest of your Monday, everybody, and take care. I am Dr. Lester Grinspoon, Associate Professor Emeritus of Psychiatry at the Harvard Medical School. Back in 1966, concerned that so many young people were harming themselves through the use of marijuana, I began to review the medical and scientific literature to help clarify the nature of this harmfulness. Much to my surprise, I discovered that it was a substance remarkably free of toxicity. In fact, it is far safer than any pharmaceutical or recreational drug. There is no record of a single overdose death from its recreational or medicinal use. Marijuana is one of the most studied substances. I believe that it is high time that this country reconsider its stance on cannabis. Them legalize marijuana.